constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are taking my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. From the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York, I'm Rick Benson. With me is Zach Barletta, and this is the Beyond the Game program. Sports talk without the trash talk. Beyond the Game is on Twitter, at BTG Program. And if you're joining us for the very first time, we thank you for being with us. We invite you to find out more information about our radio ministry on our website, btgprogram.com. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk some Buffalo Bills football. Last week we talked about how well they've been playing and how good a play, how good a quarterback play they've gotten from Tyrod Taylor. Hasn't always been my guy, but I thought throughout the season he's played very well. And then they go out and lose to the New York Jets. Oh, did they play this week? I, I must have missed it. I guess the moral of the story <laughs> is not to have us talk about the Bills prior uh, to one of their games. I know it was ugly. But we'll, we'll go, we'll test fate a little bit. We'll have, give it a go, especially because I want to talk about the reaction from Bills fans after Thursday night. I'm, I'm convinced and I get where it comes from, but I'm convinced Bills fans are the absolutely worst fan base going. And we'll talk more about that coming up later in the program. Plus we'll talk about what was a terrific World Series that we just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Was it possibly the best ever? And, of course, with the conclusion of the season, it's the official start to baseball's hot stove season. Everybody's hot stove season is fun. You know, more than any other sport. You know, baseball's hot stove is fun to kind of figure out, all right, who's going where, the excitement of it, the winter Mm -hmm. meetings. I don't know any other sport that does that. Maybe the NBA this past year and probably in the coming year with uh, LeBron James possibly moving on but nothing like baseball. Speaking of the World Series, though, there is this interesting story of Mattress Mac, a furniture store owner in Houston, had to pay $10 million to fans who had purchased mattresses this past year. Back in June, Gallery Furniture ran a promotion which promised to refund customers that spent spent at least $3,000 on mattresses if the Astros were to win the World Series. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would any business owner make such a guarantee? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Especially against a team that, for all intents and purposes, was one of the favorites to win it all. Yeah. But Mattress Mac is no dummy. He took a few precautions to cover himself just in case, precautions which apparently paid off because the store reportedly made money through this promotion, thanks in large part to extra business that the promotion brought in. In addition to the added sales the stores enjoyed, the owner took out an insurance policy, which can you insure anything? Apparently, right? I guess. If you can insure the money that you're going to be paying back to your customers. He took out an insurance policy, and then he hedged some bets in Las Vegas on the Astros. According to reports totaling more than $1 million, he bet on the Astros to win the World Series. As it turns out, it was not only a good promotion for the store, But the owner also paid for nearly 100 Houston fans 
to attend Tuesday's Game 6 in Los Angeles. Too bad for them the Astros didn't clinch that night, but apparently that's the only thing that didn't work out for Mattress Mac in that wild promotion. Who is this Mattress Mac dude, and how is he made of all this money? This dude's loaded. I guess there's money in mattresses, and not just stuffing them in there. But (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? I saw a headline on CBS's sports website, which read, Brown's ownership reportedly went nuclear after A.J. McCarron trade disaster unfolded. The subtitle then read, D. Haslin was not thrilled about the inability of the Browns to handle basic office fundamentals. And you would think that report could be filed by the legendary Captain Obvious. If you're the front office, aren't you just fuming? If if you're the owner of the Browns for a second, is there anything about this season for the Browns that you are thrilled about? Like, no. if you look at how bad they are, how many times they've benched their second-round rookie quarterback, all of the the blown leads, the bad games, the quarterback drama, like, and this is the thing that you go nuclear over? Like, <laughs> Maybe it's the, you know, the proverbial straw. The this was the thing that was just the one that broke the camel's back. And as has been said by practically every sports news outlet and around every water cooler hosting a conversation on sports this past week, it was just so very Browns. Mm -hmm. It was just a Browns thing to happen. I'm sure such things happen to other teams. You know, mistakes do happen. But when something like this happens to the Browns, everybody just sort of shrugs their shoulders and goes, yeah, sounds about right. That, that sort of figures. If you hadn't heard, the Cleveland Browns, and, and if you hadn't heard, I don't know how you haven't heard. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns worked out a trade with the Cincinnati Bengals for backup quarterback A.J. McCarron in exchange for a second and third round pick in next year's draft. Only thing is, they didn't turn the paperwork into the league in time to meet the trading deadline. And to make matters worse for the Browns, the Browns are trying to trade for a backup quarterback after the two quarterbacks which they passed on in the draft than the last two drafts were just named players of the month. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz won the NFC player of the month, Deshaun Watson, AFC player of the month, and the Browns had passed on I believe both those both guys. of them drafted with picks that the Browns traded away, right? Oh, I don't know that. If that's true, it's even worse. I believe so. According to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, D. Haslin, wife of Jimmy Haslin, tore in the club employees in the front office. That must have been a scene. The Browns are claiming that they sent the terms of the trade to the Bengals, who were supposed to send everything to the NFL, though, according to a number of people with front office experience, that's just not normal procedure. There's also a report that the front office and the coaching staff were not in full agreement on the deal, which may have led to some reluctance to file the paperwork and maybe even resulting in an intentional dragging of the feet to which should we move Hugh Jackson up on the potential first coach to be fired list I think the hot seat under him is I think it's up in flames I think personally I don't know how he's still coaching the team but he's benched their supposedly franchise quarterback what three times already in half a season he's won what one game as a head coach I mean He's not on a hot seat. He is in Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace. He's out of the pan and into the fire. I can't hey, believe Wouldn't he's you still love to job. be a fly in the wall, though, in Cleveland offices, see what went on, hear some of the conversations? What's being said about Jackson in the front office? And in fact, what's being said about McCarron? I, there's so much I wonder about. For instance, I don't know why my guys. If it were me, if these were, if this was my team, why they would be willing to part with a second and third round pick? For somebody else's backup. I mean, if I'm the Bengals, 
I'm feeling real good about this trade. Yeah. You mean you want my backup quarterback, who I gave a fifth round pick in 2014 to get, you want you're going to give me a second and third round pick for him? It only cost me a fifth to have him in the first place. Yeah, I'm making that deal every day. That's found money for the Bengals. Absolutely. That's a no-brainer. And that's it's easy to go back now. Now that the deal fell through for them to explain to McCarron why they were willing to deal him. Look, AJ baby, we love you, but you <laughs> got to understand what these fools were willing to give us. Exactly. That's just business. I mean, that's easy, but how do the Browns now go back to Deshaun Kaiser? who, as you say, they've branched in practically every game he's played, right? Mm-hmm. After telling him, you're starting, no, you're not starting, okay, you are starting, but we're going to pull you. And now after botching a trade for somebody's backup, you're going to try and convince him that, oh, no, you're our guy. We got confidence in you. Yeah, they're going to ruin him like they always do. They are going to ruin him. They might as well just trade him to somebody else. And doesn't it make you wonder why the Browns, who are willing to give a second and third round for A.J. McCarron, the 49ers were able to get Ginny Garoppolo from the Patriots for only a second-round pick, right? Yeah. Why couldn't the Browns have done that? I, to be to be willing to give up more for A.J. McCarron than what was given up for Jimmy Garoppolo just blows my mind. I don't, I don't understand what on earth is going on. Before the season, I talked about how the era was pointing up for the Browns and how they had young talent to work yes, with and they were yes, a team on the rise. That. I take it all back. They're dysfunctional. I have no idea what they're doing. So now you figure they may yet again be looking to the draft for a franchise quarterback. At which, What do you do with Kaiser, as you say? Do you trade him? Reports this week came out, though, that Sam Darnola out of USC will take everything into account, including who's at the top of the draft before deciding to leave school early and make himself eligible for the draft. Of course, there's going to be other guys available. And, you know, there's no indication that he's going to be the top draft pick anyway, but it's just one more mark against the poor Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. The That fan base has suffered. Oh, my goodness. I suspect there'll be plenty of changes in Cleveland after this season. And real quick, before we hit the break, what do you make of that situation out of Washington State where university police are now seeking second-degree felony assault charges that they be brought against a freshman defensive lineman from USC for shoving a fan to the ground who would storm the field. Second degree felony assault charges. I'm sorry. If if you charge the field, you're breaking a law. It's a security issue. Knock the guy to the ground and sit on him for yeah, all I care. You know, Zach, I'm kind of with you on that. Now, if you saw the video, it was a harsh hit. Back at the end of September after Washington State had upset, at that point, unbeaten USC, Cougar fans flooded the field in celebration. USC's Liam Jimmons can be seen in a video shoving an unnamed Washington State student to the ground. And reports say that that student has now been in the hospital twice for concussion symptoms due to that incident. In the video, when you see the student get up, he looks a little wobbly. He looks a little unclear as he's picking himself off the ground. Trojans head coach Clay Helton said, we're aware of the situation and internal discipline has been taken. That discipline will remain in-house. The case now stands in the hands of Whitman County prosecutors there in Washington State. Students are going to be students. I get it. There was probably, though, no need to shove this kid the way he did. But at the same token, there really is no cause to storm the field. I I am Mm -hmm. with you on that, Zach. I mean, I want to – there's a – balance of grace and truth here you know okay you don't need to shove this kid the way you did but 
my goodness, stay off the field. Mm -hmm. Those situations are chaotic. And if you're a player, especially an uh, an opposing player, in today's day and age, I think it's not out of the question to be concerned for your safety. Yeah, I would. What's going to happen to me with all these fans coming on the field? Uh, Yeah, I think he has a right to be reserved. But from from the video, it doesn't look as much as though it's self-defense as much as it does frustration. But I can't. Those situations are not safe. You see, when they pull down the goalposts, mm-hmm. you know, they storm the field. They pull down the goalposts. Those things have to be dangerous if they fall on somebody. Yeah. I mean, I mean, where did that start? And and what were you thinking in 1969? The Mets win the World Series. My uncle was one of the people who flooded the field. He's got some infield grass. He's got a little bit of infield dirt that he kept in a little jar. But to think, hey man. Let's take the goalposts. That's that's a pretty big jump, isn't it? Yeah. That's a wow. You're that's, not sneaking that out in your pocket. Yeah, what are you doing? We got a goalpost. You're just going to march it down the street? <laughs> that's it. I don't know where that came from. Hey, come on back after the break. It's going to be fun. We're going to pick on some Bills fans. I'm Rick Benson, he's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program btgprogram.com or at btgprogram mixing sports with faith the buffalo bills zach lost the dream lost the game thursday night many folks thought they would win heading into the season many were wondering if the jets would win even a game 
But to their credit, they've played well this season. They're four and five. Two of those losses should probably have been wins. They really got pulled over a barrel against in that game against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That referee decision, uh, taking back a touchdown against the Jets, cost them the game, and it was clearly the wrong decision. Yeah, they got Patriots, if that's a word. Yeah, I know. I know that's what conspiracy theorists are going to jump. Well, it was the Patriots, of course. I, I don't buy into all that. They blew that game, and it cost mm-hmm. the Jets. But the Jets should have also... They should have also beaten the Falcons. They gave that game away in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think in three or four of their five losses, they held a fourth quarter lead. Now, a couple of things, if had they gone the other way, the Jets could be sitting six and three and surprising the entire NFL. But as it is, they're four and five and they're still surprising the NFL. Their fourth quarter inability has been, wow. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just head-scratching. They can play three solid quarters, and then that fourth quarter comes along. Now, of course, against Billsy, they did put it together. They've played hard, the Jets have, and a road loss by the Bills in New York is simply not the end of the world. Now, absolutely, you can examine this game. They they didn't play well. The Bills didn't play there well. There are definitely things to be improved on. Absolutely, but I, I understand where it comes from, but Bills fans – I think, are among the worst fan base going. They support their team. They do. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give them a lot of credit. They love their Bills. But when it comes to expecting something bad to happen, Bills fans are, are first and foremost. It's like they watch the NFL season from atop a bridge somewhere. They camp out there <laughs> just waiting for a reason to jump from that bridge. I don't understand it. Our good friend Darren texts us. I'm going to read this text to you. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, where was it? Bill's gonna Bill's. I'm legit mad. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on Facebook, and this is just one of any number of Bill's fans saying the same thing. Five and two, people are starting to believe national broadcast, Every everybody watching, Bill's go Bill's, hashtag typical. But this is your average Bills fan just waiting for – I used to think Red Sox fans were this way, and they were. They got a taste of winning here in the 2000s since the mm-hmm. change of the century. I, I don't think they're that way anymore. But Red Sox fans used to always wait for the September crash that they would go through. Mm-hmm. But Bills fans are looking for that in August. They're looking for that yeah. before the season even gets going. Explain, Zach, I don't understand how any fa- – I, I do get where it comes from because there's a history there. But the Bills are a team that's been to four Super Bowls in a row. Nobody else has done that. Bills, I get it that they didn't win, but that's still an amazing thing. Bills fans are the jilted lover who's just not going to get hurt again. You know what I mean? Like it's, There's just this protective complex like to protect ourselves emotionally, I think. That's just like if I – get 100% invested, they're just going to let me down again. And, you know, it. it's funny because we reference the playoff drought, and it's a big thing. 17 years is a long time. Granted. But, I mean, if you look at this team, the front office is different. The owner is different. The coaching staff is different. The entire roster is different. There's been so much turnover through all the trades that we've talked about and stuff. And it's a different team. And I, I just don't think you can apply – the past history of a bunch of guys who are no longer here to this team and say the same thing is going to happen again. This team it was a big setback on Thursday night, but I think this team is different. 
this team is different, and absolutely, it's a completely different group of guys that haven't made the playoffs in 17 years. It's a completely different group of guys that went to four straight Super Bowls, but it's the same fan base. Mm-hmm. The fans remember that stuff. The fans are part of that stuff. But I don't know of any other fan base that I can think of that is so quick to turn a switch. Mm-hmm. Here they are, I mean, going out in that weather that you get in western New York, supporting their team, and Bill's fans are as loud, and they are great fans, except for that one thing that they're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it goes so quickly because it just is one road loss and i see another guy in a, in a stream of comments here on Darren's facebook page talking about well it's not just one loss it's not just one game there there there's more to it and yeah i understand that but the reaction is based on one game on a road game in the meadowlands it's a divisional game first off the jets are playing good when i look down the season schedule we did this when we did our NFL review at the top of the season. I went mm-hmm. down the schedule and I looked and I saw the Bills as I can't remember if I saw them eight and eight or nine and six. Um, I guess nine and seven. Uh, but I'm looking at that thinking the Jets game I had is a loss because it's a divisional road game. Those things are very difficult to win. This is a game I saw the Bills losing, not because I'm Nostradamus or some great football mind, but because it's a road divisional Mm -hmm. game. Bills fans are just so classically overreacting. And it just, I find it comical. I I laugh at y'all sometimes. And you know what? These Thursday night games... I'm with Richie Incognito. I don't know if you heard the sound clip from him. Yeah, I did. I'm not a fan of them. But having been to one of them, it's such a different atmosphere even before the game starts than a regular game even than a regular home game there's something about that thursday night game for the home team that the crowd is into it the team is into it if you can get ahead early and make a stop on defense your crowd gets into it and it really just seems to snowball and i've been to it and seen it happen in buffalo and i can picture what it was like in that stadium for the jets and it's not surprising that they played as well as they did to me because the atmosphere is just so charged and there's so much energy that you know, and, and they did. They scored early in the game, and then they got some big stops and some big defensive plays right away. And even when the Bills were down like 10 to 7, it seemed like a much bigger deficit than that. I've never been to a Thursday night game. I, I couldn't comment to the to the home crowd. I don't necessarily like the, third, the Thursday night games. I, I do think there's a saturation point. Mm-hmm. You got 1 o'clock Sunday. Four o'clock Sunday. Sometimes you got nine a.m. Sunday if they're playing uh-huh. in London. Then you got Sunday night, and then you got Monday night. Thursdays typically you don't often get that Raiders Chiefs game we got a few weeks ago. Yeah, usually it's more of a stinker type game. I don't care for the color rush uniforms. That's just me. It has nothing to do with anything else. But I can see where Richie Cognito's coming from. These games stink. And if you're a player, if you win, he doesn't say anything. Right. Obviously, we all know. If he wins, you know, he's not making those comments. But also, I don't think you can pretend to be as uh, invested in player safety as the NFL pretends to be and then force guys to go out and play four days after they just played a game, you know? Yeah, I I agree with you 100% on that. You know, many Christians lose faith just as quickly 
just as easily. I certainly don't want to minimize what anybody goes through. And what may seem like a minor thing, maybe nothing to get excited about, has a history preceding that thing, and that history causes it to be magnified, causes a person to lose hope more quickly. One loss to the Jets on the road, no less, is nothing that the Bills should should be losing hope on the season about. But as many of the fans will point out, looking at the history of dash hopes in previous seasons, well, that causes that one loss to appear much worse. God has promised, you got to remember, God has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Nearly the same thing is said two verses earlier, word for word almost, in, in verse 6. Then it's referenced again in the New Testament in Hebrews 13.5. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. God will always be there. That's not to say there won't be storms, but he will be there in the midst of those storms. Abraham Lincoln said this in a speech in 1863, for all you history buffs, we we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. Sounds a lot like where we are today. And we sometimes forget the gracious hand that blesses us every day. Sometimes in the midst of a trial, it's easy to forget that we are blessed by God in a number of ways. It's it's a good practice that when we are faint of heart to look back on what God has already done in our lives, the blessing he has already given us. I want to share a couple of verses with you and give you just a couple of things that I think would be important here. This is Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The the psalmist there lists four benefits, forgiveness, healing, redemption, and for crowns. We must not forget our forgiveness, our healing, our redemption, our crowns. Verse 3 says, who pardon all your iniquities. God forgives, and that's the greatest thing we can ever achieve. Ephesians 1, seven says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's said just outside New York City that there's a cemetery, and one of the gravestones says only forgiven. Just one word, forgiven. No name, no date, no birthday, no death day, just forgiven. And that's probably the greatest thing that could be said about any of us, that we are forgiven in Christ, forgiven of our sins, and forgiveness is only possible in Christ. God's willing to forgive if only we would confess our sins and repent. Don't forget your forgiveness. 
praise him regularly. Verse 3 also says, who, pardon your, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Don't forget your healing. God is able to both heal our spiritual needs and our physical needs. And sin is often referred to as a disease because it destroys the beauty of God's creature. It, it destroys all of his creation, really. It causes pain. It disables us. And, you know, sin just so embarrasses us. It disqualifies us. It robs us of you know, the confidence we need to be and do the things which God wants us to do. Sin, like many diseases, it ultimately leads to death. But God is able to heal all disease. First Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You were healed. Christ died to bring healing to our souls. Faith in Jesus Christ is accepting God's full forgiveness for our sins, victory over death and pain, and we can be healed and restored by Jesus' suffering that was done for us. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty five says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And when your sins are forgiven, you're no longer condemned. You're no longer fearing. You're no longer afraid of death. It's like being on trial and hearing the judge declare you're not guilty. You're off the hook. Christ has set you free. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty five. I just read, here's 56. It says, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye knew that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast, people. Be unmovable. Be diligent. Be determined to make a difference for Christ, abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't forget your forgiveness. Don't forget your healing, and don't forget your redemption. Verse 4 says, who redeems your life from the pit? Redemption implies a price that was paid, and Jesus paid that price. He redeems us by his sinless life with his death on the cross. Where we should have been, that's where he, he was. He took our place. Have you ever had something happen to you? which you felt was just the pits. We all have. We've all been there. Something bad happens. We feel like, you know, just in some sort of pit, need to be lifted out. Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. If he has brought you through something, or if he is sustaining you currently through something, don't forget to thank him. Don't forget to praise him. Thank God for his grace. It offers us a full redemption based on the price, not that we paid, but that Jesus paid. And lastly, don't forget your crowns. Let me read the, the verses I originally started with, Psalm 103, 2 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed by an eagle. Have you been crowned by God? Have you been crowned with love and compassion? He satisfies your desires with good things. What about the house you live in, the vehicle you drive, the clothes you wear, the food that he provides each and every day? Many times we overlook our blessings just because we have the wrong attitudes about them. We're blessed by God with good things, and we should take time to recognize them. 
Don't forget your forgiveness. Don't forget your healing. Don't forget your redemption. And don't forget your crowns. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little while. Maybe you're out there thinking to yourself that, you know, I've never asked God to forgive me of my sins. Perhaps you don't know for certain where you would spend eternity if you were to die today. But you can know. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus died on the cross so that you might know eternal life with him. He's willing to forgive you, and he wants you to call on him. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're sitting there and you can't go back to a place in time where you put your faith in Christ, where you asked him to forgive you, then you're still on the hook. You're still responsible to pay the debt of your sin. We're all sinners. We're all in need of God's grace and forgiveness. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. All have come short of the glory of God. That means that apart from salvation in Christ, who died to pay for our sins, if only we would believe and seek forgiveness, apart from that, we come short of spending eternity with him. There's no better time than the present, simply because there's no guarantee of a tomorrow. Answer God's call. Give your heart to him. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, verse 10 says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Pray to God. Tell him you know you're a sinner. Tell him that you believe Jesus died on the cross for you and start a new life, repenting from your sins, seeking after God. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Here's the Red Hawks report for this week, November 4th, 2017. The Red Hawks report is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. The end of a long season came last Saturday for both the men's and women's soccer teams, both teams suffering shutout losses to New York Institute of Technology, the women falling 3-0, and the men 4-0. Also last Saturday, the women's volleyball team dropped a pair on the road in Amherst, the Red Hawks falling to American International College 3-1 before dropping the second match, this against Damon College 3-0. But it was a great day in the inaugural season of the Robert Swim Team at GCC Harvest Invitational, hosted by Genesee Community College. In their first action of the season, the men's team finished with a third-place finish, while the women, in just their second meet of the season, finished with a first-place victory. In the 500-yard freestyle, the ladies placed three swimmers in the top five, including a second overall by freshman Jesse Gunn. Fellow freshman Cameron Perry placed fourth in that event, while also taking second in the 100-yard backstroke. Coming up later today, November 4th at noontime, the Red Hawks volleyball team will host LIU Post in what is their final home match of the season. They'll round out the schedule with two road games next weekend. And coming up next weekend, the basketball season gets underway. On Friday night, November 10th at 6 p.m., the ladies will kick things off when they take on Nyack College at the Baller Athletic Center. The ladies are ranked tied for second in the preseason ECC poll, and head coach Gary Andrews enters his third season after posting back-to-back 21 seasons for Roberts. The men will also be in action Friday night, but they're on the road taking on Nyack at Damon College. The ladies are then back at it on Saturday at 1 p.m. at home in the final game of the East Region tip-off, hosting American International College. 
For more information on Roberts Wesleyan Athletics, including scores, highlights, and more, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com. Follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. The Redhawks Report is brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. One of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs, Zach. Me too. I could let that thing play out. I think probably all the listeners are thinking, yeah, just go ahead. Let that play out. We don't want to hear you. <laughs> I'd rather hear that than you guys. We're in Rochester, New York, but we say hello to Grand Forks, North Dakota, where the Beyond the Game podcast was downloaded this past week. You can visit our website. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast source may be. It's easy to subscribe to the program. You have it downloaded to your device of choice automatically. Grand Forks is the birthplace of twin sisters Jocelyn and Monique Lamoureux, who are each part of the United States silver medal winning women's hockey team at the 2010 Winter Olympics. Roger Maris once lived in Grand Forks for a few years as a child. And Matthew Ward and his two sisters, who together formed the great 1970s Christian music act known as Second Chapter of Access. Zach, look, I enjoy them. You will not. I guarantee (laughs) it's not going to be your cup of tea. Okay. Second Chapter Acts there from Grand Forks, or originally from Grand Forks. They moved to California at some point. That's where they found their fame and music. Grand Forks is about an hour, hour and a half, I suppose, north of Fargo. It's a home of the University of North Dakota. number of great NHL players coming out of UND. Eddie the Eagle, Ed Balfour, Washington's TJ Oshie, Jonathan Taze of, of the Blackhawks, just to name a few. The Fighting Hawks men's hockey team has appeared in the Frozen Four, I think, eight times, never winning. I think they've run runner-up five, six times, but never winning. Their football team has a D2 championship back in 2001, but now I think now they're actually competing at Division One. But thanks for listening, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Thank you wherever it is that you find yourself listening from this morning. Time now to give it over to Zach for this week's Shenanigans Statements. All right, number one, Major League Baseball is suspending the Astros' Yuli Gurriel for the first five games of next season for a racist gesture is weak. He should have been suspended immediately for the next World Series game after his gesture. Truth or shenanigans? Shenanigans. I, I, You know, Zach, I thought they actually handled it very well. I thought you, Darvish, handled it very well. He was a true professional about it. Mm-hmm. Look, obviously nobody liked what Gurriel did. Nobody thought it should go unpunished. But as fans... We want to see the best players in the most important games. We want to see them playing at full strength for the title. The gesture was in poor taste. It was, I mean, it wasn't so egregious, though, that it should cause one team or the other to be compromised. It shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't 
affect the caliber of play. There, there was a whole dugout of teammates that were there. There was a whole fan base that would have been affected had they decided to suspend him for the World Series. I just think putting it off the next year was the right thing. It's uh, look, it, it, he made a stupid thing. In fact, initially I was killing him because he uh, his weak apology was stupid. His excuses were stupid, but I will give him credit because he did, after some thought, after some time, he was accountable. He uh, uh, made a nice apology after that. His second apology was better than the first one. He seemed <laughs> much more sincere, and the tip of the helmet in Game 7 I thought was a classy gesture. That was good, yeah. That is, as they went out and pummeled you, Darvish, yet again. <laughs> Might be a difficult off season for Darvish trying to – put these games behind it. But anyway, no, Zach, I say shenanigans. I think baseball handled it real well. I actually agree. Um, I wanted to see him suspended right away. Full disclosure, I was pulling for the Dodgers. That may have affected <laughs> it a little bit. But, you know, I, I just felt like if you push it off till next year, what he did is completely out of everybody's minds by then. I think it's better to, as they say, strike while the iron is hot and just suspend him right away. And, you know... If it affects your teammates, if it affects your team, if it affects them on the biggest stage in the world, then I think it's more powerful. I think if he had robbed a bank or, you know, stole something really egregious, and I'm not minimizing it, please don't, don't think that it was a horrible thing that he did, but I don't know. Don't you want to see the, the teams at their very best? You hate when one, when a team's best player is injured and then you got to listen to, well, your team beat my team, but my team didn't have his best guys. You always have that what if. You don't want that what if. I, I didn't think it was so egregious. So I, I understand that, and that's basically what Major League Baseball said, is that they didn't want to affect yeah, the I World thought they, had a, they did a good job taking that into account. Good for them. But Okay, you can disagree with me. The Miami Dolphins. Okay, if you're wrong. <laughs> well, thank you for that. The Miami Dolphins surprisingly traded running back Jay Ajayi to the Philadelphia Eagles on Tuesday for a fourth-round draft pick. Truth or shenanigans, Ajayi was the reason for Miami's offensive struggles this season. I say shenanigans, although maybe because his name is so hard to say. <laughs> and it's really not. It's just that's one of those words. His name, I struggle with trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, everybody's got words. That they stumble over. Yeah. And uh, that's a difficult name for me. The Dolphins are 32nd in the NFL in points scored. They're also 32nd in yards per game. They're near the bottom in passing. They're even closer to the bottom in, in rushing. Ajay, ha he's not living up to expectations, but those sort of numbers are hard to pin on mm -hmm. just one guy. The offensive line has struggled, and that's probably mostly due to injuries rather than their coach resigning after being caught on video snorting cocaine. But that, of course, can't help either. He maybe should have given some cocaine to the linemen. It might have helped them out because they've been pretty bad. They are. But, I, you know, I think they're down to one healthy starter. And being without center Mike Pouncey is probably as much to blame as oh, anything else. Oh, that's brutal else. for them, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Especially for a between-the-tackles runner like Jay Ajayi who's going to be, he's, you're not going to try to bounce J.H.I. to the outside. You're going to run him through the pile, and having your center missing is, is uh, a big factor there. Um, I say shenanigans as well. The offensive line is to blame. Um, J.H.I. is hit in the backfield on most of his carries. It's tough to be effective as a running back when you're shaking off a tackler before you've even gotten back to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, teams are able to focus on him because, I mean, look— Jay Cutler had a game not that long ago where he only completed like nine passes. 
the entire offense as a whole has been ineffective, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the offensive line, or more likely a combination of the two. But Jay Ajayi, his poor rushing statistics are a symptom. They're not the problem. Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension is back on again, although he will apparently be able to play this coming week. Truth or shenanigans? That's been so hard for me. Sorry to interrupt. But <laughs> is he playing? Is he not playing? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. What- and we said this at the beginning, as did everybody else. This is not a surprise. It's the same thing as with Tom Brady. You just with all the court stuff. Just look, play, don't play. I don't even care anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what was your question? <laughs> Truth or shenanigans? After this week, once his six-game suspension kicks in. The Cowboys' playoff hopes are shot. What do you think? I'm going to say no. They're going to obviously have a much tougher road. Um, You're missing one of the top running backs in the game of football, but Dak Prescott has been very good. Yeah. And they still have some weapons for him to throw to, namely Des Bryant. They still have a very good offensive line. The defense is, I guess, coming along. I just think they're not going to win the division. The Eagles are running away with it. But I don't see a reason why they can't be a wild card team. Right. I, I expect that my Giants will probably put some pressure when they run the table to close out the season and end up at 10 and 6. Right, but, right, yeah. Um, I say shenanigans. I, you know, Alfred Morris is not Elliot, but combined with those other we- weapons that you mentioned, the, the Cowboys have a lot of tools on offense. They're really good there. They, as you mentioned, they've got Prescott, they've got Jason Witten, they've got Des Bryant, they've got Cole Beasley, and they've got a great offensive line. He's not Elliot Alfred Morris, but he's going to be adequate to get them into the playoffs. I don't think their playoff hopes are shot. Now, would they win a championship in that situation? Probably Elliott? not. Probably not. I, I think Alfred Morris gets them there. And this is why I think if I'm the Cowboys, I probably want this suspension to be now than rather than later. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into the postseason without my guy. But if I do it now, I'm going to have them back for the postseason. Mm-hmm. I I think there's some strategy to that, but you know maybe they think they're gonna he's going to get off scot free and there's not going to be any suspension at all. And I doubt that's the case. Look, yeah, if the NFL is going to end up suspending Tom Brady for four games, Elliot's getting suspended. Yeah. If Tom Brady can get suspended, Elliot's getting suspended. Um, no, I I I say shenanigans. Their playoff hopes are not shot. They've got a lot of weapons on offense. Speaking of playoff hopes, the Jacksonville Jaguars are tied with the Tennessee Titans, my Super Bowl pick, for best record in the AFC South at 4-3. and three. Truth or shenanigans, the Jaguars will end up winning that division. No, I'm going to say shenanigans to this, too. I mean, they're certainly more than capable of doing that, and I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be shocked if they did. But they have the same record as the Titans, and I have a lot more confidence heading into the second half of the season in the in the tiny Titans than I do in the Jaguars. Not to say I don't have confidence in Jacksonville. I think they're pretty good. I just have more in Tennessee. I, I think it's going to be a great race, but um, they're sitting there tied at four and three. I don't see any reason not to believe in Tennessee. I actually agree, and I think they will, which is tough for me to say because I'm now admitting that my Super Bowl pick is not even going to win their division. But I think that uh, the Jaguars' passing defense is the league's best. The run defense needed an upgrade. Got one in Marcel Darius, assuming that he plays up to his capabilities. Leonard Fournette is healthy again. Uh, the biggest thing for me, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, is how soft their schedule is. Their schedule is charm and soft coming up. They get the Bengals, Chargers, Colts, Seahawks, and Texans at home. On the, on the road, they get the Browns, Cardinals, 49ers, and Titans. 
that's a very soft schedule. They can win most of those games. Meanwhile, you've got the Texans in the division who've lost their quarterback. The Titans, Mariota, is still trying to get healthy. They've been on again, off again. Um, the Colts are bad. So I see that the Jaguars winning that division. Well, you make sense. You make a great point. I'm lo- As you were running down the schedule, I was actually looking it up. Uh, versus the Chargers at home, you're right. The Browns, Cardinals, these are all winnable games. I, they Even their toughest game is probably, what would you say, the Seahawks game, and they have that one at home. Mm-hmm. So, Well, yeah. maybe you're turning me around on it. but <laughs> get, your, uh, get your Jaguars jerseys now before they make the playoffs. Last but not least, the defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins currently sit in third place in the Metro Division. They have a goal differential of minus 14 including losses of 10-1 to to Chicago, 7-1 to to Tampa Bay, and 7-1 again to Winnipeg. So truth or shenanigans, the Penguins aren't as good as we thought they were. I might as well make it a complete sweep, although I guess, in honesty, I'm hedging on that Jacksonville one, even though I said shenanigans. <laughs> but I'm going to say shenanigans here as well as I did to everything else. And I can make excuses for the Penguins. A lot of people are. A lot of people always do. For one, I, I think they've played a fairly tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Out of the gate, they had a tough schedule. But as you pointed out, there's a couple of blowouts among those losses, which is concerning. But I I just think they've been inconsistent. I don't think they're a bad hockey team. I think they've played inconsistent at times. At times, they've played very well. That tells me the problem's fixable. Mm-hmm. They just got to figure out how to get more of their good play and less of their bad play. And I think they'll do that. This is a championship team. These are... Good players. I don't think I would give up on the Penguins just yet. You know, I looked at some of those blowouts, and I went to look at their goalie, Matt Murray's numbers on this season, and I expected them to be bad. And they're not great, but they're not bad. And it leads me to think that the problem with them is the defense. We know the offense is great with the Penguins. And I think that they're going to have to find the right combination of defense pairings. I think they're going to have to figure out what they're doing wrong. Um but I'm going to agree. I think that they, they're they not quite as good as we expected. And like you said, I'm not saying they're bad. They're not a bad team. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions. But some numbers that I found, they're allowing more than a goal per game, more than they're scoring. They're right in the middle of the pack, 18th in the league in shots allowed per game. They're allowing a lot of shots. Their Corsi against is a horrendous 686, which is the worst in the league. They're allowing the most shot attempts uh, of any team in the league. So, they're going to have to figure out what they're doing defensively. Um, but by the end of the year, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be just fine. I don't see any reason to worry about it. Listen, that's it for shenanigans. We're going to take another break along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is a name I trust. 
Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. That ought to be uh, Masahiro Tanaka's theme song. <laughs> you think he stays? Ah, boy, I, who who knows? I, by the time this airs, we'll probably have a decision because mm-hmm. it's got to be decided by Saturday. But I teased at the top of the show that we were going to talk about some baseball pending hot stove start. Mm-hmm. But due to time, we're not going to get into that. I did ask the question, and I want to ask you, is the World Series that we just saw was terrific, absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Was it the best ever? I don't think it can be the best ever because at the end, the Yankees didn't win it. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it was extremely entertaining. We had wild seesaw games. We had great pitching. We had great hitting. We had fun young players. We got two teams that are going to be back here again sometime soon. And, uh, boy, it's hard for me to call anything the best ever because we've seen some really, really good ones. Yeah, when but, you've got walk-off home runs to win World Series, it's hard to beat those and some of those are before many of our listeners remember. You can go back to the Yankees, Diamondbacks. That's not one that worked out favorably for the Yankees, but that was a great, great World Series. Mm-hmm. This one was up there. My frustration with the World Series was simply, man, I can't watch these games that late. Yeah. I don't know why they can play the Super Bowl at six o'clock, six thirty, whatever time they get that thing going, and they can't do the same thing with baseball. Why can the West Coast watch the Super Bowl at three o'clock in the afternoon, but they can't the World Series? They have to watch at six o'clock at night. I, I don't, I don't get it. I think they're killing themselves. Drives me absolutely crazy. And to be honest, I saw all the scoring in that game seven, but I didn't see the whole game. And when it comes to free agents, you know, with Masahiro Tanaka, we were talking about take the money and run. I think that's what he ought to do, uh, or take the money and stay. Well, like. uh, well, absolutely. That's what I mean by that because he's <laughs> he's got sixty seven some million, million dollars left, something like that, on something three like years. That, yeah. I think I'd take that because I would not want to leverage my few postseason starts, which he was lights out mm-hmm. against the rest of the season where he was questionable. And you've mm-hmm. got that elbow issue. But we'll get more into this next week. Or Actually, we won't be here next week. We're, we're off next week. I'm on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. And I'm I lazy. Do. And Zach's so. lazy. And we, we have that. I, listen, I'm as lazy as they come, but <laughs> I'm going to be out of the country. I do appreciate your prayers as we go on this mission trip, but we won't be here next week. But we'll get into baseball. This hot stove is just going to get started. The, it's not going anywhere. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. After Deshaun Watson tore his ACL during practice on Thursday, there were dozens of players around the NFL reaching out to the Texans quarterback via Twitter, offering him kind words of encouragement. But what I like this week is that New York Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who's also out for the season due to an injury, he went just a little bit farther by sending Watson a direct text message. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, that it would have been nice for him to give a call, but stop being so old. Why are you, why are you so 
old. <laughs> this day and age where a text message is considered just as personal as it gets. I got to tell you, and sometimes people call me, and this is probably terrible me for to, to admit, but I look at the screen and there's that meme, and, and it's so true. I'm looking at the screen. Sorry, I didn't answer the call, but I'm staring at my phone screen in horror, wondering why you just didn't text me. Yeah, absolutely. Beckham tried to encourage Watson by saying, Lil' bruh, I know at this time things may be scary. Your first year in the league, running for MVP, trying to win a championship, trying to get the spot you deserve to defy the odds, to do the things that they said you can't, and it all gets taken away. Seems pretty encouraging so far, doesn't it? Reminding him of everything that was just lost due to this injury. Yeah. But then Beckham reminded Watson that he's overcome adversity before. Look back in life. Isn't that what we were just talking about in that earlier segment? Looking Mm -hmm. back and remembering those things that God has done? Beckham tells Watson, look back in life when you faced adversity and thought you would not overcome it, and then you did. As life went on, more and more obstacles came your way, and you had to, again, overcome time and time again. But you got through it somehow. Now life throws you a bigger problem, and again, you're faced with a test. The Giants receiver then concluded by saying, everything is a blessing in disguise. Truly believe that all this happens for a reason. Take this time to evaluate and appreciate everything you've been blessed with. Life's still good, kid. We living, and we will be back better than ever. I see you this offseason, little B. The media, myself included, look, we beat up Odell Beckham Jr. for being a selfish player, for consistently doing those things, which, you know, would seem to say, hey, look at me. So it's only fair that we acknowledge the unselfish things he does, such as sending an encouraging note to Deshaun Watson after his devastating injury. It's what I like this you week. Like that? You know, I'm actually going to agree with all the old farts that say he shouldn't have texted him because that's the longest message ever. That should have been an email. (laughs) That's not. Yeah, that's not one message, is it? What I like this week was seven-year-old Haley Dawson's first pitch in Saturday night's World Series game. You may remember, I think we mentioned on the show before, Haley was born without three of the fingers on her right hand. But she has a special 3D printed robotic hand that she's gotten pretty good at using. She said over the summer, and somebody tweeted out, that it was her dream to throw out the first pitch at a major league stadium. So a bunch of teams have invited her to do that. And she got to throw out the first pitch at a World Series game with a special Houston Astros 3D printed robotic hand. It was a really nice moment. She threw it to Jose Altuve. He autographed her robotic hand, which is pretty awesome. So Haley Dawson's first pitch at the World Series was what I liked this week. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Stop by our website, btgprogram.com. Find out more information about the program. You can listen to past broadcasts. There's even information on what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ and knowing him as your Savior. And for those of you who may feel so led, you can make a donation to this radio ministry right there. It takes money to put this program on the air. We hate to mention it. We don't do it often, but we could use your support to bring the gospel to listeners all around the world through Sports Talk Radio. And be sure to check out the Myth and Mysteries podcast. Listen, if you enjoy this sort of thing, myths, curious stories, unsolved mysteries, I do, you'll appreciate this podcast Zach does with his brother Spencer. It is good stuff. Myth and Mysteries available on iTunes and Google Play. Visit their website, mythandmysteriespod.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we're going to be back together again in two weeks right here at this same time. Be bold. And be great this week, everybody. We'll be right back.